We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome on into a Thursday edition of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long, running master control. Cajun Cannon is off today. We'll hear more from him come game day, Sunday in the Caesars Superdome on the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff, which will get you ready for that noon start. Uh, it's Atlanta Falcons coming to town to take on the New Orleans Saints with a ton on the line. Saints have to win to stay alive in that playoff discussion. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, they've got to win, have Tampa Bay lose to in order to secure that spot in the NFC South title uh, and earn a home playoff game. As crazy as this season has been, uh, if all shakes out right, the Saints could end up hosting a playoff game, uh, which would be something to see. Obviously, the black and gold lost to the Falcons the first time around. Hopefully, they can fix some of those issues against the run game, which was so much of a problem. Atlanta's three-headed monster of B. John Robinson, Tyler Igeel, and Corderell Patterson uh, just were able to gash the black and gold. I know they're working hard to fix the, that aspect, to stop the run, to have some fun, as Cam Jordan always says. Uh, looking at the Pelicans, man, they are rolling right now. Uh, the Birds won again last night in Minnesota, a 117-106 to victory over the T-Wolves, a team that had not lost many games at home this season. They were 14-1 and until last night. Now, they are 14-2. and It's been an impressive run all around, though, from this Pel squad, and we'll be talking to Ali Cosell coming up after the first break. Uh, Editor-in-chief of the Bird writes more about the Pelicans and their run since the Las Vegas in-season tournament debacle against the L.A. Lakers, where they uh, ended up getting torched in that matchup, but have been a much different squad after that. You've seen them uh, just really come together and gel. Uh, the big three of Zion Williamson, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram uh, performing nightly. And it's not just the points they're putting on the board, it's the assist. I feel like, you know, the sh- sharing is caring. Uh, these guys keep moving the ball around and you see more and more of the players getting involved, which just helps this team dominate even more. It's really been impressive. Uh, hopefully this Pell squad can keep things up. Uh, I know a tough stretch of their schedule is coming up uh, they host the Clippers tomorrow, and then it is a six-game six road stand. Uh, you got teams like Sacramento, Golden State, Denver, and then Dallas. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how things shake out for the Pels. Uh, been impressed, uh, obviously, with Zion Williamson, who everybody has been critical of because of the time missed, hasn't been able to stay healthy. That hasn't been the case this season, and uh, it's been great to see. Uh, like I said, after that debacle against the Lakers in Las Vegas, things have really turned around. Interested to talk to Ali Cosell more about that coming up. Uh, like I said, after the first break, we're going to get into uh, some Saints sound bank coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Derek Carr, Tyron Matthew, Jamal Williams, and more. Uh, we'll hear from folks uh, what they're getting ready for in this matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Also, St. Sideline reporter Jeff Nowak and myself caught up with Scott Kennedy of AllFalcons.com. We'll hear what he had to say about the Dirty Birds uh, matchup coming into this game. And what is he feeling about Arthur Smith's security at head coach for the Dirty Birds? 
Uh, back to the Pels, though. Uh, Zion Williamson spoke after the game. Charlie, we have that sound ready to go. Here's what Zion had to say after the Pels. A uh, big win last night in Minnesota, 117-106 over the T-Wolves. Zion, that's four in a row, 9 of 12 now. What What's working so well for you guys? Uh, the defensive end. Yeah. Uh, we've all been locked in and connected on the defensive end, and I think that leads to a lot of better things for us on the offensive end in terms of transition points and just uh, the movement of the ball so that when me, CJ, and B.I. do get in our ISO, uh, we got more space. What did you see the end of the second, start of the third, as you kind of pulled away a little bit? Got to get that credit to B.I., uh, especially at the end of the second quarter. He uh, he made that separation. He just was getting to it. And then in the third quarter, that energy continued uh, with the whole team. They're the number one defense right now in the league. Do you? But do you like the way you guys match up with them? I'm just happy we got to win. I'm just happy we got to win. Chris Finch, candidate for Coach of the Year. How did you think? How would you evaluate the job Willie did tonight, going against him, scheme wise, strategy wise, in a contest on his own home court? You know, Coach Finch was here in New Orleans uh, during my first year. Uh, great coach. Uh, uh, I don't think people know it, but he's a good people person too. Um, but I think uh, Coach Green did a great job tonight. Like I said, uh, we had our focal points and we executed them. Speaking of uh, Coach Green, did you see him uh, run on the court for you to, to have you back? Oh, yeah. Uh, I told him, come out of halftime. Coach, I appreciate that. That uh, meant a lot to me. What was the game plan as far as going at, you know, that defense? Obviously, in the offensive end for them, you guys got Rudy Gobert in foul trouble quick. Was that the game plan, or was that kind of what the game plan was for you guys? Uh, you know, we always have an initial game plan going into the game, but uh, this is the NBA. You uh, you got to feel it out. So, yeah, we uh, we saw that if we can get him in foul trouble, that uh, would take uh, the rim protection away. So uh, that allows more uh, baskets at the rim. And when they try to collapse, uh, you have kickouts for threes. And uh, you gave you gave Ant a lot of props um, last year after a game. Just how much respect do you have for his game? And just what have you seen from his game, you know, over the years as well that you like about it? Uh, he's just a dog. Uh, you know, if it's not going for him on the offensive end, uh, He's still getting to it on the defensive end. Um, well, what I respect most about him is he's just a competitor uh, that just want to win. Zion Williamson talking after the Pelicans' 117-106 victory last night. Had 27 points, six assists, four rebounds. And, hey, he actually went to the free throw line a couple times, Charlie. I mean, the refs do not seem to call a fair game. I don't know. When, when Zion is playing, they just – it seems like uh, he gets hacked a lot, and we saw uh, even Will, Coach Willie Green uh, lose his cool a bit out over the non-calls that Zion seems to get night in and night out. The, so, so before I get into that nonsense, because it is <laughs> nonsense, uh, I want to actually give a shout-out to both Zion and Anthony Edwards for being just 
I mean, they're both dogs, but like the respect that they have for each other is really cool. Like, obviously, Zion, you just heard Zion talk about Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards was asked post game about Zion. He said he's <laughs> a hell of a player. The touch is crazy around the rim, super strong. We all know, but he played great tonight. He dominated the game, first quarter to fourth quarter. They came in and kicked our, you know, <laughs> behinds. Let's yeah. just say tonight. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Anthony Edwards, I got a ton of respect for him. Uh, he's leading the top team in the West right now, and he's going to be an All Star again as in his young career. Two guys, uh, former number one overall picks. They're both been fantastic players early on in their young careers. With Zion, if you're looking at how he's been officiated, it's just they don't know what to do. Like NBA officiating is in a bad spot right now. And I mean, it's around the league, but some players get a certain whistle and others don't. And it's the consistency that's the issue. Right. Like if you're seeing, you, you know, Joel Embiid, for instance, and I mentioned this earlier in the show because he's a big guy that gets a very, very kind whistle. Right. Uh, cool. I mean, that's fine. Just make it consistent. Like if you're watching Zion head, like just go straight into the paint and drawing all this contact and they're not putting plays on the ball, they're putting plays on his arms and, you know, his chest and they're trying to prevent him from obviously getting to the rim on him, but he's got such a soft touch, as Anthony Edwards said, around the rim that he can still make plays through contact. But if there is contact and it's foul, if he's getting fouled, call it. Blow the whistle. What are we doing? Like there was the foul that, and Zion mentioned it, that Willie Green had his back, and yeah. we, I want to review that play. Zion drove into the paint, got hit by three different defenders. Not a single one of them made a play on the ball. It was all on Zion's arms. And obviously the ball got stripped and it went out of bounds. They didn't call a foul, and that's when Willie went nuts. He's just like, how are you going to keep letting this happen? We know what Zion's game is. He wants to get into the rim. He wants to get to the paint, no matter who's in front of him. He did it against the NBA's number one defense last night. He wants to still get to his spot and get layups, right? That's all he does, and he does it super effectively, super efficiently. But when he's getting fouled, blow the whistle. Call the foul. That's what, all I'm asking. Why is it the case? So he's definitely one of the bright, shining stars, uh, a face of the NBA, one of the young know. rising gods. And yeah, they're just the referees for they whatever the reason. Yeah, it's really frustrating, obviously, because the physicality is a huge part of his game. I mean, we're, we're going to talk to Ali in just a couple minutes right. here, but I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I, I doubt Ali really does either. It's just inconsistency from NBA officiating. I mean, that's all it really is at this point. That's all I can say is that they don't know how to officiate him because he's so dominant and so big and so physical. Uh, he doesn't, you know, embellish contact like some other bigs do where he'll, like, flop or, like, try and draw a foul. Maybe that's what it's got to take. We're going to design some acting lessons. It might. It, uh, it very much might. But the fact that you can't call a foul when you see it right in front of you, like, multiple times throughout every single game. This isn't – last night's case wasn't, you know, unique. No. It happens all the time. To Zion, and he just deserves more foul calls than he gets. We'll be talking even more Pels coming up right after this break. We mentioned Ali Cosell of the Bird Rights will join us right here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Well, they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and that seems to have been the case for the Pelicans, thankfully. It was a lousy showing their their final game of the in-season tournament against the Lakers, but man, oh man, this team has really turned it on of late. Happy to welcome in Ali Cosell, editor-in-chief of TheBirdRights.com, to talk about the current Pell situation. Uh, thanks for the time, as always, Ali, and always great to be talking uh, some positive Pell's news, and I think the health of this roster obviously is a a lot to do with that yeah absolutely steve and you're right that's an outlier that lakers loss <laughs> in las vegas over the last 25 games they've they, they, they've played fantastic basketball and they haven't lost by any games by double digits except for that one so like i said it's an outlier and a big part of that is what you just said they're healthy right and, and more importantly they're finding a rhythm not only has Jose been back for a while, it looks like he's finally found the rhythm, and that's what he's told us over the last couple of weeks. Larry Nance, he's been huge, right, these last four games. you got to think if, if Larry had been back, I don't think they'd probably lose at least one of those Memphis games and maybe even the Houston game as well, right? So suddenly we would be talking about potentially, right, potentially they might be on a 12-game winning streak. I mean, you lose three games by a combined five points. Yeah, really impressive. Like you said with Nance, uh, just so impressive what he's been able to do. Really seems to uh, help this team have some kind of attitude uh, about them. Uh, just wondering how you, what you feel that he, he brings to this game and uh, to their game and just overall uh, what he's meant to this roster. And, Ollie, kind of piggybacking off of Steve, the block that he had on Anthony <laughs> Edwards last night. Oh, like all ball, it was just a gorgeous block that he had. I mean, how how much does that fire the team up that this 30-year-old veteran off the bench is doing stuff like that against one of the NBA's budding young superstars? Yeah, it absolutely does. Look, in his first game back against the Jazz, I think he had five steals, two blocks, and yeah. he fired up everybody in that game. And and then, of course, you saw it kind of probably rub off on Jose, the way he treated the Lakers, right, especially LeBron James, three steals there. And then you're right, just just coming up with a key block last night. And, look, he wasn't alone. Right, let's give props. I, I saw Brandon Ingram get a swipe of Anthony Edwards, Najee well. Marshall, and Herb Jones. Right, I think pretty much everybody took a turn. <laughs> so yeah, that absolutely does permeate through a roster, especially when you're a team that plays on effort. Right, your defense first. So you, any kind of momentum you can draw off of a single play, as you guys probably know, definitely helps. It almost helps in any sport. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at it as well, Ali. We were listening to Zion's kind of post-game presser uh, earlier on in the hour, and he's talked about the defensive side of the ball is what keyed in that win last night. It was only the second loss that Minnesota suffered at home all season long. And, you know, when things kind of got tough, it was the defense that really stepped up and kind of kept Minnesota from ever going on that big run that we were all kind of fearing when the Pelicans opened up, you know, a 20-25 to 25 point lead. It's just like, oh, is Minnesota going to make that push? Are they going to make that push? And the Pelicans' defense really locked them down all night. Right, and that's why the Pelicans are able to get away, unlike most teams, with a, you know an average offensive night, right? Because the defense is so good. And look, here's one, here's one nice stat for you: over the last 25 games, nobody's had a better defense than the Pelicans. Mm. So when you combine that, like I said, with suddenly what you're seeing out of the way Brandon Ingram, Zion, and CJ are all basically seemingly getting 20 points a night, five assists. Well, suddenly you've got a perfect recipe for this team because you 
you've got the role players, you've got them healthy now, and and you even haven't had Trey Murphy right these last three games. So you're finally seeing, I think, what David Griffin envisioned when he made that trade for um, C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance, to where that veteran leadership, to, with those guys being in the ears of these younger guys, I think the message is finally slowly getting through. And now, right, we're seeing Brandon Ingram playing defense, Zion Williamson, right, that huge block on Anthony Edwards too. So, yeah, I, I just can't speak enough of, you know, honestly the patience that the front office has given because it's a talented team. They just need to find their, you know, find their niche. And uh, I, I guess you've just got to say that, look, it takes time to figure things out, right? I mean, we're all talking about, like, who do you trade? What do you do to fix this team? Patience was the answer, wasn't it? Just kind of looking at this roster now that it's healthy, and I'm, I'm, I have to knock on wood here, Ollie, obviously. But <laughs> right. I mean, is this the deepest roster in the league? If you look at it, just, you know, one to even 10 or 11 that all these guys can contribute in just game in, game out, and be effective, efficient players? It feels like it, especially when you consider right, Jordan Hawkins can barely crack, yeah. you know, get in the rotation nowadays, and he definitely deserves playing time. So, yes, I, I definitely agree with that. They're, they've got to at least be considered a top three bench. I'm very curious to see how they'll play against the Clippers tonight, though. Right, we've been, you know, the Pelicans have had their number last three years to where they've really just taken it to them, but rarely have they ever faced them when they're full and healthy, right? Kawhi Leonard's often missed games, or Paul George has sat out here and there. Now they've added James Harden, and, and that team look, has looked fantastic, right? They lost maybe the first four or five games once Harden came over, but since then, outside maybe the Pelicans and the Thunder and maybe just one or two other teams, nobody's been playing in the Clippers, and a big part of that is because they're probably just as deep. So, yeah, guys, I'm looking so forward, if you can't tell, to tomorrow's game. And seeing really how the Pelicans didn't do on that five-game road trip because we'll learn a lot. Yeah. You can win once against a really good team, but can they continue this, right? Be consistent on a very tough part of the schedule coming up. Yeah, I know we've been bragging about the health, obviously, and the guy that has been missing time. You mentioned uh, Trey Murphy, also questionable still again for tomorrow's game with that left knee soreness. How concerned should we be about him after, you know, obviously, you know, coming back from injury and now dealing with that soreness and that left knee again? Yeah, it's a problem that it happened to the knee that he injured, which requires surgery, right? right? So, yeah, nobody was happy about it when that happened in the game against Memphis. Marcus Smart, of course, seemed to be a little bit reckless on that play, came down. And Trey's now missed three games. And I kind of, you know, was within earshot of him talking to one of the Nets players the other night. And it didn't sound like his return was imminent. So while he's listed day-to-day, he may miss another game or two. So that's unfortunate. Right, because the Pelicans, as you know, guys, not only do they miss the shooting, but what you're building now is very important. So even if you have some adversity that comes up, at least when you're healthy, you want to build some kind of continuity in the flow where everybody knows their role. So when the playoffs come, you'll be ready for it. So that's why I want to see Trey back. Everybody else is healthy. I want to see how he can fit in with this group as well. You mentioned, obviously, a tough road run coming for this squad uh, after tomorrow night's game against the Clippers. But, man, oh, man, you look at this standings right now in the Western Conference. Uh, Pell's obviously right there in the mix with the the best of them uh, at six uh, right now with a 21-14 and 14 record. And you got the Kings, Clippers, Nuggets, Thunder, T-Wolves uh, just ahead of them. How high do you think that this team can really achieve 
in the West, are, are they a threat to be a, a top two or three squad? Ali, I kind of feel like you're going to see this Clippers team match up with the Pelicans in the playoffs in the first round. Like, I feel like mm. it's going to be a 4-5, maybe 3-6 type of matchup wow, by the time okay. everything's said and done. That's kind of, I guess, my hot take <laughs> at the midway point of the season. If both these squads stay healthy, uh, the Clippers and the Pelicans, I could definitely see in a first-round matchup. I just think both of them have staying power. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I hope to see, like, say, the Kings. Yeah, me too. Wood, first of all, they make the playoffs. But yeah, the Kings, maybe even Minnesota. I'm, I'm leery of, of a team that looks and plays similar to the Pelicans, right? But they've got the experience. So I hope it's not the Clippers. But, yeah, to your point – though, Steve, I think they can get as high as four, right? I mean, that's the aspirations within the locker room for the last year and a half, and we're seeing it now. I mean, 25 games is a long sample size. And if you were to remove that Lakers loss, they'd be bar none the best team, right, in terms of numbers, um, basically any numbers over those last 25 games. So that's the majority of the season. So like, like we always said, if this team can only stay healthy, if you can ensure that to a large degree, then, yeah, I think absolutely top four you can sneak in. Because, I mean, we've seen them. They've beaten Dallas. They've beaten Sacramento multiple times, Minnesota twice. There's nobody you really fear. So I'm very curious. That's why I think I'm very curious, and I think a lot of people should be, to see how they handle a really healthy uh, Clippers squad. They also beat the Clippers earlier in the year, as you know, Ali, in the in-season tournament group stage. Some Uh, guys were missing, though. Yeah. Yeah, but Norman Powell ended up being kind of that guy in the first half Mm -hmm. in that game. I remember that. But where are kind of the keys to kind of taking down the Clippers again and moving to 2-0 and against them on the season? Well, I think the Pelicans, is, it's really a simple strategy. It's not always so much the matchup. It's just that can the Pelicans do what gets them, gives them the biggest possible chance to win, which, of course, is no easy looks, right? You, you've got to play with four, so you can't let somebody beat you up inside, get to the lane or the free throw line, of course, get a bunch of open threes, too. So the Clippers, they do that very well. They, they have – one of the best pick and roll um, tandems in the game with James Harden running picks or rolls with whoever. And then in isolation, they're very good. I mean, they're just skilled basketball players, right? Paul George, multiple time all strike Kawhi. So you're not going to hold them to say probably under 20 points, 18 points. But what you want to do is make it a tough night. Therefore, you give yourself a chance to win. And that's what the Pels can do, right? You got Herb, Dice, and all them. So stick to your game plan, nothing easy, and just limit them to one shot. I mean, that's been one of the biggest things over these last 25 games, guys. Pels, at the start of the season, couldn't rebound the ball. They couldn't close possessions. Now they've done a fantastic job since. And Larry's been even amazing since he's come back, right? Jonas Valanciunas is usually the only guy you looked forward to that you could trust. But now Larry's really kind of made a name for himself. And, hey, I know Zion hasn't had the biggest rebounding games the last two, but before that, he was really up there, averaging the most rebounds he has uh, for his career over a five-game stretch. So, I think they'll be all right as long as, they, like I said, they play to their strengths. Ali, you mentioned, obviously, Jordan Hawkins a little bit earlier. What's it going to take for him to get some more minutes in this lineup? I know he went down to Birmingham a little, uh, got called back up. but uh, Or is it a case right now, it's like because of this roster uh, being healthy and the way they're performing, it's just hard for the rookie to get to, uh, on the court? Yeah, right. That's why he went to Birmingham, just to kind of keep some rhythm and stay fresh. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens a few more times. I mean, unless it's a matchup where you really need his three-point shooting, it's hard to see him, you know, overtake either a Dyson or a Najee, especially with the way they're playing and, you know, Willie can trust him most nights. So other than that, then you got to look to maybe a trade happens that opens, you know, some playing time. But other than that, Pelicans are 10 deep right now. And as long as that stays the same, you really don't see it changing for Jordan. 
So also kind of, you know, you mentioned the tough Western, or the tough schedule in January, Ali. Looking ahead, you play the Nuggets, you play the Mavericks, who are right below you twice, back-to-back games on January 13th and January 15th uh, in Dallas. And then you also have a couple games later in the month against uh, the Thunder at home, and then you hit the road to face the top two teams in the East at uh, Milwaukee and at Boston, and then you go to travel to face the Rockets, who are v- playing very well at home this season. Um Looking at this schedule, we kind of thought that the December stretch would, would have been a chance for the Pelicans to make a run. They lost a couple games, as you said earlier, three games by a total of five points in this stretch. But if you're looking at this January schedule and with how the Pelicans are playing, what's a realistic outlook for what the Pelicans can do uh, this upcoming month? Yeah, so if I remember right, it's 15 games. So what you're hoping for, because they are finding that rhythm, and uh, you know, you're getting contributions up and down the board, and B.I., C.J.Z. averaging about 60 points, 15 – or excuse me, 60 points, 15 assists, that you should be able to get some even tough wins. And we saw that last night. So eight and seven is what you hope for. Maybe even you can get a little greedier, nine and six, or if things really go right, ten and five, because your opponent might be missing a player or two, a key player or two. So you don't want to, you know, pencil anything in. But I still feel pretty good. And I, like I said, I think it's great to have this test, especially before the trade deadline. I think – David Griffin, the front office, wants to see it so that they'll know, do we stand pat or do we need to like fix a hole that opens up? And like I said, you'll be able to do that up until through close to the All-Star break, about second, third week of February. So I love this for them. Even if it doesn't go as well as I think Pels fans probably want, I think it's a great test. Curious your opinion, Ollie, dipping over to the Eastern Conference and an old friend in New Orleans. Poor Monty Williams and his Detroit Pistons obviously having a rough go this season. They're 3-31. and I know they're battling for Coach Williams. Uh, do you think that he's in any danger uh, of losing his gig over there, or is it kind of a situation where they know the, the, what he's going through to rebuild this whole team and roster? No, he's definitely going to be fine. I mean, he just signed, what was it, a five-, six-year deal. And even the owner a week or two ago came out and said, look, Monty's job is safe. And when you're the Detroit Pistons, you're not going to fire him, pay the remainder of his contract, then bring in somebody new. It just doesn't make any sense. So they're going to be patient with Monty, you think, for at least two, maybe even three years, almost regardless of the results. The problem is, of course, if you lose the locker room, then what do you do, Right. Because that's the worry. It's a bunch of young guys. Yeah. Monty prefers veterans. And even the owner has said, I kind of want to win now. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start doing what they shouldn't do, and that is trade for a veteran or two, trying to just add a few more wins. But that won't, wouldn't be the right move, right? The young team, you've just got to persevere through the tough times and hope that, you, that your young talent can grow. And while Monty's not the greatest at it, I do know that he is a pretty darn good coach. Right, almost anybody you talk to across the league seems right. to echo that sentiment. So I expect for them to actually get better, right? Even towards the end of this season, but probably definitely next year. Ollie, one more thing with the Pels. Oh, one thing that's got to get better: the officiating when it comes to Zion Williamson. I think Charlie and I have been pulling our hair out uh, nightly when watching the games. Uh, just why are things seemed th- like the they're just differently? Uh, officiated when Zion's on the court compared to some other physical players in the NBA. The play Willie got teed up on <laughs> was just blatant. Yeah. It was he got fouled multiple times by multiple different players and they didn't call anything. And it's just I thought you and I talked about this a little bit off air, Ali. I thought you made a really good point. Yeah, I love first of all, I love seeing Willie Green defend his player, especially coming off a game to where they missed another call, right? And Zion got teed up for it when obviously Mikael Bridges grabbed him, tried to wrap him up on a dunk attempt. And for whatever reason, referee saying right there, Mark Davis didn't call 
then blow the whistle. So, yeah, that that's a major problem, right? Because you worry about is it going to potentially produce an injury or two? It happens right with Zion a couple of years ago, to where even Griffin said publicly, referees aren't calling the, um, his fouls closely enough, right? Paying attention to it enough because it resulted in a dislocated finger that ended his season prematurely. So you don't want to see that happen. Reason. Steve, I think my best guess as to why it's happening is the referees just aren't familiar with him. He took off an entire season, played 29 games last year, right? So they don't really even know how to officiate him, right? How to watch him. And and I swear, like with Joel Embiid, um, you name it. Give me any other top player. Referees know what to look for, how to referee and officiate them. They don't know how to do that with Zion. So that's why it gives you hope, right? Hopefully that'll change soon. When you've got two missed calls like that have just happened, you hope that maybe those changes will happen this year, right? Because there was pretty much of a big outcry by the Pelicans, fans, social media, you name it, about it. I'm sure that caught the attention of the officials' office. Yeah, it definitely seems like a terrible like hazing that they're putting him through. Like we're gonna, you're gonna have to take this punishment until you prove yourself more. I don't know. Appreciate the time, Ali. Hopefully, this team can get a fifth straight win tomorrow night in Smoothie King Center. Clippers in town, and then like we said, it's a a little bit of a road uh, trip for the the birds. And uh, we'll be keeping in touch with you to keep up with the latest on uh, the Pelicans. Make sure you go to thebirdrights.com. Always appreciate your time, Ali. Absolutely, guys, and have a good weekend. Thanks, Ali. We'll be getting more into Pelicans. Also, some Saints talk. I want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers. Talk and text line 504-260-1870. You're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more right here on a Thursday edition of Sports Talk on WWL. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, more Sports Talk because no more Thursday night football. How sad. Uh, but WWL is your home for NFL Saturday football. And this Saturday, you can catch a doubleheader, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Pre-game coverage will start at 3, kickoff 3.30. And that matchup will be followed by Houston Texans at Indianapolis Colts. That kickoff at 7.15. NFL Saturday football on WWL. WWLAMFM.com and of course streaming live on the free Odyssey app. What you gonna watch tonight, Charlie? I don't know what to do with no Pels, no Thursday night football. I think uh the Lady Tigers are at least in action this evening. That might be something to watch. Yeah, I'm gonna double check. I think that there's a two game slate for the NBA tonight. It's um it's kind of more loaded towards Friday, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to double check actually what it was. Uh, checking in on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, 504-260-1870. See Jimmy and Gretna on the line. Want to talk some Pels and Saints. How you doing, Jimmy? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Jimmy? Hey, look, Charlie, look. You can't kill bad grass. I know you're a Sunbelt guy. Nick Mullins is back as the starter for the Vikings. I'm a little baffled as well. My Southern Miss boy, he's back. You can't kill him. The Vikings and have look, a 4% struggled. chance to make the playoffs as of now, Jimmy. I just, hey, just so you're at saying it. there's a chance. There, there is a chance, <laughs> right. but they need a lot to happen. I mean, they should have never actually gone away from him. Uh, Jaron Hall, like the game on Monday Night Football uh, between the Packers and the Vikings. Ready. He wasn't He wasn't. Ready. I mean, he looked like, like a rookie. Uh, you know? yeah. Hainer, listen, Hainer for the Saints, he's ready to go hang out at the boot. <laughs> all right? Or hang out at uh, Parlays or TJ Quills or there something. There you go. He's not ready for the field yet. He's got the look. and uh, But, yeah, look, the Pelicans are rolling. Tickets are high now. I mean, the Clippers game tomorrow night on the secondary market, the cheapest ticket's like 25 bucks. Saints tickets are about 25 bucks. And, look, I was one of the guys, Charlie and Steve, who got one of the free shirts that said, Fire Dennis Allen. You know the guy who was in the news a couple of weeks ago for giving out the free shirts and printing them out and all that stuff? I got one, okay? 
Now, I've been, I, I've been on the fence about wearing it. I never wore it to a game. I, I have it. I know it's kind of like a memento, if you will. I'm, all, I'm in. We're playing to get to the playoffs. That's where I'm at. We're hoping that everything falls into place. We win. We beat the Falcons for, for rivalry purposes and beyond right. that. And we hope Carolina pulls it, you know, pulls it out. They're professionals, like Bobby Aber always says, and they play because they're getting paid to play. And anything can happen. And then you got another alternative option to get in the playoffs. So yeah, I'm not wearing that. I might wear that for Mardi Gras. If we if we boot, do do the bed and we don't make the playoffs, you know, maybe I do want Dennis Allen to go. But at this point, let me get this. You guys are in in journalism. Y'all are on that side of the media, and we're just fans over here. Is it a done deal that Gail Benson has said or the brass has said Dennis Allen's definitely coming back? Is that like a 100% deal? Like, is that guaranteed? No, I wouldn't say that's a guarantee at all. Uh, a lot's okay. going to depend on still, I think, what happens in this game against the Falcons. Uh, you could have a completely horrid performance and get run over, maybe like in the first matchup, and things go south. Uh, I do think, though... Dennis has, Dennis has uh, earned himself another year just because of you've improved your record by at least by one win uh, right now. And uh, I could see some changes maybe on the offensive side of the ball, uh, talking obviously coordinator, maybe offensive line uh, coach. But I, I don't think that Allen – his seat is that hot. I don't know how you feel about it, Charlie. Jimmy, that's that's what we've been hearing, basically. For everything that we've been hearing is kind of that if any changes are going to be made, it's going to be made on the offensive side of the ball and that DA is going to be coming back. So that's- I'm fine, And I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I get that rationale. The problem is it's a business, and you know these fans here are hot-headed. <laughs> they call in you guys all the time. And they pull their money from season tickets, and Gail Benson is going to see a lot of empty seats. I call in about, hey, this is the price of tickets, right. and it's just a, it's an algorithm. And you're going to see if Dennis Allen comes back, there will be a lot of fans who drop off the season ticket ledger because of that factor. They're not they're not fans of his, and they never will be. They think he's an eternal loser. I, I see y'all's point, and I'm fine with another year if they maybe replace the OC. You know, Derek Carr's probably coming back, maybe restructure his contract. I get all that. But it's a business. <clears throat> excuse me. It's a business, and they need to put butts in the seats at all times, especially during those eight or nine home games, the preseason games, and all that other stuff if they do make the playoffs. So I think, you're, you know, from a business standpoint, I don't know. But then again, who do you get to replace him if you do go that route? I know people want solution. Everybody wants Drew Brees as the quarterback and Sean Payton in, 19, in 2006. And that whole uh, love love affair story, fairy tale scenario that you know Gleason blocked the punt and all that stuff, and you know that might not happen ever again. People got to realize that. But yeah, look, listen, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to the game. Got a hall pass. I'm trying to go to the Comic Con this weekend. I'm trying to meet the guys from Terminator Two. I know they're going to be hanging out at the convention center. So uh, you know what's crazy oh, is just the I've best those- action sequel of all time, Jimmy. Oh, Oh, yeah. Hey, look, listen, I've been to those Comic-Cons before here at the Convention Center, and it's crazy how many Saints Saints players I've seen walking around in there. I know I know Jamal Williams yeah, yeah, I was about to say you'll see Jamal in there that for direction. Sure. But, dude, I've met Pierre Thomas there. Uh, what's his name? The old defensive coordinator, Rob Ryan. Was that who we had? The guy, the big burly guy? Right, the, the pirate. Yeah. Dude, I've seen them all over there. They like. I know Cam Jordan's been there before. So, yeah, if y'all go to Comic-Con, keep your eye out because the Saints players love walking around that thing. 
Sure, everybody's into the the Marvel superhero scene, and I'm sure it's quite a show, especially here. Uh, folks loving to get dressed up, and I'm sure the outfits are quite something to see at the convention center. Oh yeah, no, I, as I was saying, you definitely see Jamal Williams there. Like, I, I mean, if they didn't have you know the game this weekend, but um, you yeah. had me thinking after you said the Terminator Two is the best action sequel of all time. I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm, what could be the best? That sequel? was said without really a second thought. I, I might need to second think that. Um, <laughs> second second guess. guess it right, exactly. Uh, maybe Aliens, right? That was awesome. That was yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, more action than the first one. The first Alien movie was, I think, a lot more suspenseful. <laughs> We're going away from, uh, from yeah. sports here, but yeah, Terminator Two rocks. That's that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. Have you ever been to one of the Comic Cons? I think I went to one a couple of years ago. I got to remember. Uh, I would have to look back at my phone. I think it was maybe 2021, maybe. I think it was like just after COVID or something. No, I was glad Jimmy actually mentioned that. I'll mention that to my uh, 13-year-old who might be interested in checking it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're going to step away here on Sports Talk. We'll be getting back more into Pelicans and Saints Talk right after this with more here on WWL. Coming up, folks, in the 7 o'clock hour of Sports Talk, we're going to dip into the Saints Sound Bank uh, here from uh, allfalcons.com reporter Scott Kennedy. Also, Derek Carr, Tyron Matthew, uh, D- Jamal Williams, if we have time to get to him. Uh, Saints getting ready for those Falcons and black and gold take on them, Dirty Birds. Sunday at home in the Superdome, time for the dome field advantage. Fans that getting at the game, they're going to need to be loud. So hopefully, Jimmy and the rest of all you Houdats are cheering your lungs out for this matchup. Got to win one for any possibility of a postseason spot. Game day coverage will start 8 a.m. with myself and Jeff Nowak for first take. Time to check in with the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff live from inside the Dome Loge level in Gate B Atrium, courtesy of Craig's Electrical electrical and Generators at 10 a.m. Kickoff comes noon with Deuce and Hoss. Be sure to turn down your TV and sync up your uh, televisions at home to hear the home call because you want to get the the latest from Deuce and Hollis instead of the the national broadcasters. Uh, then after the game, obviously, sound off on the Ciroc point after with the Cajun Cannon. Saints-Falcons Sunday. WWL and, of course, live and free on the Odyssey app. Just say Google or Alexa, play WWL. You know, that's something I did not get during Christmas is uh, I still don't have a smart speaker, Charlie, in my house. Mm, I don't <laughs> either. But looking at it, Steve, there's two spots left up for the taking. In this one, in the <laughs> NFC. And the Saints can get both, either one of them. I mean, you can get the four seed if you win the South and have Tampa Bay lose to Carolina, which, you know, we've, we've talked about isn't likely, but stranger things have happened. But that seventh seed is still open as well. The Packers-Bears game is fascinating. We talked with Ed Egros earlier in the show in the 4 o'clock hour about the Seahawks and the Cardinals game, and he thinks that it's a bounce-back spot for the Seahawks uh, against Arizona. I think Arizona's played very well this year. Um, with Kyler Murray in the lineup. I know if you look at you know their 4-12 and record, it, it's not a good look. But at the same time, with the amount of talent that they have on that roster, they've played the Eagle, above expectations. The they, right. play, they play hard, Steve. Right. And they've lost a lot of close games this season. Uh, so it's it's possible that they could take down the Seahawks. The Packers-Bears game is what I'm really going to be keeping, keying in on uh, because the Packers have owned the Bears you know, kind of recently. You remember that Aaron Rodgers clip of them, <laughs> like, 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 I own you or whatever. Uh, so the Bears are looking for a big win. Justin Fields is playing great. D.J. Moore is playing out of his mind. It could be a good one on Sunday. Coming up the 7 o'clock hour of Sports Talk. No Thursday night football, so stay tuned for more here on WWL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.